the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Tyson, how are you? This is David Dunn. Got you, Tyson. No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, dude. Moment. This you're the, is the podcast. Uh, you're the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. My name is Rich Eisen. Chris Brockman, how are you, sir? Rich Eisen, I'm great. How are you? Uh, Chris Law is in New York doing site surveys for something or other. For something. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're taping this on Tuesday, Rich. He just tweeted out a picture of, like, Eagle, the link, the link. Oh, because Eagle I think he's Stadium. flying through Philadelphia. He's flying through Philadelphia. There are, there are no direct flights to New York from Los Angeles. Of course not. Why would they? So uh, our latex salesman is out, which means our latex salesman in training, our LSIT, Alex Wilk, returns. Good to see you, Alex. Good Wilk. to be here. Thank you. You're going to be a busy man, Alex. Because I know. there's lots going on in the National Football League when supposedly nothing's supposed to be going on. Early June, Rich. June. We're supposed to be relaxing right now. And there's some OTAs that are, are not mandatory. You know. and then, But there are some players that are... Are doing not things. showing up. Well, they're not showing up to the the non mandatory activities and getting blasted for it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the off the field things that have been going on this well, week as well. I know there's just the crazy. I, I'm, what you talk about, Adam Jones getting arrested and what he says was a, a provocation on his part. I, I don't want to get into that stuff. Chad Johnson getting thirty days in jail because he slapped the the behind of his Chad. of his uh, telling of his, his lawyer, lawyer. Good job. Did you see that video? I have. Holy smokes. I mean, the plea arrangement was essentially done, done. and the judge was reading the terms from the bench, and she saw him slap the behind of his his lawyer. Chad says, good job. And everybody starts laughing. You see the bailiff in the foreground, right? Yep. And then she just turns around and perhaps disciplines him in a way that maybe only Marvin Lewis has come close to doing. It was it was a beration. It was amazing. And he and the lawyer are both just in shock, too. Well, it's because it was all arranged. Yeah. And then it went down the tubes, and she says, if you're not taking this seriously, how about this 30 days in the slammer? That I'm not referring to that. Okay. I'm referring to all the other stuff that's going on in the NFL that that's a little bit of a of of gets a little bit of burst of of attention. It maybe can cut through some of the other sports stories going on, but nothing that's going on at an OTA or mini camp is really going to burst through the LeBron right. pages with the NBA Finals with the Spurs oh. and the Heat. Right. Uh, even the Stanley, uh, Stanley Cup. Cup now being set with your Bruins taking on Charlie Ooks. Chicago Blackhawks. We might have to have a Twitter bet there between you two guys. That might be a fun one. Um, and, um, you know, baseball, et cetera, et cetera, going on. But as we all know, when Tim Tebow is involved, all bets are off. And then what happens on Monday is what a lot of us were seeing in the tea leaves, which is if Tim Tebow is going to get a shot in the NFL, where does he got to go? He's got to go to a place where he's not going to cause a distraction to the main quarterback because that guy is so 
solidly entrenched as the number one quarterback, it doesn't matter that Tim Tebow. And there's there. only a handful of places where correct. That's he's got to go to a place where the team can handle this sort of distraction. That they've been through all those media wars and can basically tell the media, "Sorry, you're not talking to Tim Tebow today," and and not care if anyone's complaining about it. Who who has all of that and the offensive coordinator on that team being the guy who traded three draft picks to go ahead and uh, trade up to draft Tim Tebow. Well, unfortunately, Richard's only one place. That'll be your New England Patriots, Chris Brockman. Indeed. And that happens on Monday. A few weeks after our friend Mike Silver wrote a column on Yahoo uh, saying, essentially, that um, Belichick hates Tebow, so don't look there. Hates him as a player is what he said. And he was saying, essentially, that Tebow is getting blackballed from the NFL because of the circus that follows him around. Because who wants to have that come to their home when... All he's being brought into is maybe compete for a, a number two spot. Maybe. Okay? Maybe. And now here he comes to New England. And it made sense because I told that to Silver when he came on the show a few weeks ago. This makes sense if Tebow is going to be the guy in sort of a Danny Woodhead role where he's just going to say, okay, the quarterback stuff, it was great in Denver, didn't work out in New York. I'm going to see what I can do elsewhere in the NFL to have a career. Right. And who better to do that than a guy who has uh, thrown touch, has an offense that's thrown touchdown passes to Mike Vrabel in Super Bowls, right? Troy Brown coming out of the second. How many guys have come out of the secondary in Belichick's tenure to play wide receiver? Everybody on that team is so coached up. Everybody knows what everyone else's roles are. Not just theirs. Do your job, which is what Belichick always says. Right. But he knows... Everybody knows what everyone else is supposed to be doing. And they're the most fundamentally sound team. Situational. Situational football. The most fundamentally sound team in situational football. So who can best bring Tebow's attributes to the fore than him? But giving all of that, that it's the perfect scenario, et cetera, et cetera, did you ever think it was actually going to happen? Well, I, don't, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I thought it would happen, but if it hadn't happened by now, why would it happen? But then last week, Belichick spoke to the media and said, whoever said that I hated Tim Tebow was out of line, essentially. And Silver had fun with that on Twitter. And now Tebow is a New England Patriot. And then after that happens, you know, my Twitter blows up. And anything that I was tweeting out about it, was retweeted hundreds of times. So anybody out there is like, don't talk Tim Tebow. I'm so sick and tired of Tim Tebow. ESPN's off the charts. They're off the hook. They're out of their minds. NFL Network jamming it down our throats. People respond to this. It's, it's, it's insane. I'm not Absolutely wrong. Absolutely nuts. No. I've you, been getting a handful of Twitter followers per day in the off season. It exploded on Monday. Just from the things I tweeted out, I think, seven or eight tweets. You know, uh, I did it like five or six just in a row, People too. are responding to this. It's so crazy. I don't really want to hear that we're jamming it down people's throats. We're all part he, of the circus. He gets signed by the Jets' main enemy. And the question is, is well, he's going to be maybe the day. That was the first thing I said. I know Tebow fans are going to think this is a shot at him, and it's not. It's the highest compliment, essentially. There's a, I'm paraphrasing. Cause 140, I think I'm over 140 characters now. That he's going to kill it, crush it in the Danny Woodhead role. And then we find out from Ed Werder of ESPN, Edward Dare, and Mort, who were breaking this story on Monday, that he was signed essentially to be a quarterback. Huh? Why would Tebow do that? 
that's the, that's the one way he's assured, in my mind, of being on the street by Labor Day. Is he going to beat out Ryan Mallett? No chance. He said all along he won't do anything but play quarterback. I, I don't understand it. So we're going to try and get some answers from Bill Belichick on Tuesday, right? He's having his press conference to start off the right. m- mini camp. He's going to be very forthcoming. He's going to be as forthcoming as possible. Or wait a minute. Hold on a minute. He is going to shut down the media in classic fashion. Another thing I tweeted out Monday is that the, the, the clamp down on Tebow mania on the media that's coming from Belichick, the Museum of Broadcasting should already clear a wing. And what we heard on Tuesday was time capsule stuff from Bill Belichick. It was awesome. I mean, the guy who knows how to shut down the media and wait for a question never really gives much. I mean, he does sometimes get, he waxes rhapsodic when you bring up history of the game type questions. Or you bring up questions about uh, strategy and philosophy in regards to players that he likes to talk about. Some of his old players. Okay, right. right. That you can get Belichick going on that. But this stuff... I did not want to be one of the reporters in that because you just knew it was coming. And he's one of those classic guys. If you ask him a yes or no question, oh, that you're making a big mistake. He'll say yes. Yes or no. No. Or And he's not going to go on it, and on know. and on. And and I figured, let's do it. You've got all, what was it, like just short of nine minutes, Alex? Yeah, about 8.45. Okay. And, and it started with the Belichick. You know, he comes out and says his piece to start. Right. And here's, give a listen to his opening soliloquy and how many times he mentions Tim Tebow. Go for it, Alex. Here we go. All right, well, we're, uh, you know, rolling into our fourth week here of uh, OTAs slash minicamp. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, the team's gone out there and they've done a pretty good job. Um, you know, we have another day here working the elements. And, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of this week we'll be in a decent position to go into training camp. Uh, We've been installed a lot of information, a lot of our schemes, and uh, had a chance to execute them, obviously, without pads on. So there's still a lot of work to do there. But, uh, you know, I think that for the most part we've gotten, uh, you know, good cooperation from everybody, good work on the field. Uh, Definitely better than we were a few weeks ago. Um, And we still got a long, long way to go. So... Just keep taking it one day at a time, but um, and hopefully we can finish up well this week and put things in place to have a start off through a good training camp. All right, there we go. How many times have you mentioned Tim Tebow? Zero. 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 How many times have you mentioned Zero. any player? Anything. Nothing. Zero. And he's looking out at a crowd that he knows. He knows what's coming. Not once. Not once did he even inoculate, say, okay, I know what you're here for. Right. You know, like if Rex was there, he'd make I a little met, joke, exactly. a little quip. Some of the other, some of the other guys who were maybe understated in the league would make a little. Hey, uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Nope, you bring it up because you know why? He's one guy. That's it. One guy. Roll it, Alex. Here's the first question. Coach, what can you tell us about your decision to um, sign a team? What is it about his personality or his attitude that leads you to believe that you know you can? Make- oh, we always try to. Yeah, anything we do is anything we do is what we feel is in the best interest of the team. Uh, you know, Tim's a talented player that's smart and works hard. Hang so on, you can see how it goes. Follow. Coach, I cover politics for a TV station. In New politics. Oh, this is great. That helps. How much of a consideration was the attention that I'm sure you knew was going to come with signing with Tim Tebow before making that decision? Uh, none. Try to do what's best for the team. Cut that off. Here we go. See, see now. The, the, I, I thought it was. Hey, I'm I'm not a sports guy. 
Right. Okay, I'm... By the way, New Hampshire. Which, by the way... From New Hampshire. Yeah, New from, Hampshire. New Hampshire. from New Hampshire. Hey, that's a good... Yeah. Maybe Bill loves people from New Hampshire. Right. Why not? Where's okay. the shot, right? Well, hey, coach, I'm not a sports guy, so maybe you're going to treat me different. No. No. <laughs> he doesn't want you there. He doesn't want Joe Politics from New Hampshire, no. New Hampshire. coming down, right? Nope. Are you kidding me? Was there any thought to that? Nope. No. Oh. We do what's best for the team. Okay, keep going, Alex. Special. Uh, in all honesty, we've been in big front of bigger crowds than this before. Yeah, Super Bowls. <laughs> so in all honesty, we've been in front of bigger crowds than this before. So we'll just keep doing what our job is. We're going to try to get better as a football team individually and collectively, and that's what we're going to do. Next question. Good question. The position. <laughs> we're going to do what we think is best for a football team. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Cause it right there. So that means his last ten words, the five words that ended his previous question, and then the answer to that question were, I don't know, we'll see, and then we'll see, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's that? like a Belichick limerick, right? Or it's <laughs> it a haiku? Is it a palindrome? <laughs> or it's a palindrome? The same first Well, no, that would have been, I don't know, we'll see, and see, we'll know. Oh, right, 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 exactly. That's the exactly. palindrome. Right. But I see where you're going. Okay. Oh, all oh, the tricks are out, man. I Belichick said it. Mid-season form. Point. <laughs> mid-season form. Not mid-season form. Hall of Fame form. We've got Belichick on his game. Roll it, Alex. Keep going. What are some of the things that you liked about Tim when you were evaluating him from last year and the year before that? So he's a talented guy. He's smart. Works hard. He does. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen him play. He we can have. do a lot of things. We've seen. We him. have. He can do a lot of things. A lot of things. No. Bingo! Do not ask this man a yes or no question. <laughs> yeah. No, I like Tim. I have a lot of respect for Tim. Yeah, that's their relationship. Here we go. never coached him before so i wouldn't oh this is great certainly closer to a lot a lot of the players that i've coached through my career now he's getting upset i think i've already said that <laughs> i've answered the question twice he's a talented player who's smart and works hard hang on pause it this is this is the part of the Belichick press conference. This is what he's a genius at. He begins to get Pepper's question, his answers with a little bit of disdain. Just a wee bit. Everyone in the room feels it. You know it's been three, four minutes, and how far are we in? Three and a half. Three and a half minutes. Tension growing. You know he's not going to give you any. Everybody in that room knows. It's over. He's given me nothing today. But they're going to try. They're going to keep trying. They're going to keep climbing that hill with yes or no questions. They're going to keep trying to pry. How about that? Like, have you had a close relationship with him over the years? And that's when he shut him down by saying, I haven't coached him before. You know, I've had closer relationships with people I've coached. This is when things begin to go south. 
And he lingers by answering. And the silence, the awkwardness, is unlike anything else. Deafening. It's fantastic. He's shutting it down. Do you think the other reporters drew straws to see who would ask that no, first question? No, no. Because, well, I don't think <laughs> the political reporter from New Hampshire would have gotten the second <laughs> straw. <laughs> okay, so we're three and a half in, right? Yep. Okay, roll it again. Do you have to discuss with him some of the ancillary stuff that seems to come with It's his Burt Breer. It you know, is. The way the, his training camp was covered last year with the dance, all that different stuff, and what he'll be doing outside of football. See long pause. We got a team full of players. Everybody's got a job to do, and I'm sure he'll try to do it the best that he can. We'll all try to do our jobs the best that we can. From a team standpoint, though, I know you guys always try to eliminate distractions. Are you worried that this could cause distractions? Just looking around at how many people are here in the middle of June. Hopefully, there'll be more than that at the games on Sunday. There we go. Now he <laughs> shut that down. He shut that down. That he what he definitely will not. He will not play into is the media hoopla. Mm-mm. He will definitely not give us in the media the jollies that we're looking for because all we love to do in the media is talk about how things are a distraction until we make damn sure it's a distraction. And we're at our best at that Super Bowl week. Oh, this has got to be a distraction. And we'll talk about the distraction until it becomes a distraction. And then we swoop in and talk about the distraction that we've created as a mass media. You know who's not playing into that? Bill frickin' Belichick. Hall of Fame time capsule museum of broadcasting stuff. (laughs) Out of the coach on Tuesday. Shut down, Albert. We're not done, I don't think. No, and he's going to keep going until the media cracks first and asks a non-Tebow question. How long are we into this now? Four minutes. Okay, roll it. Yeah, I think you know we've already talked enough about him. Yep. Let's see how he does and just go from there. Yeah, I think I've covered it. Anything else? <laughs> How's Ryan Mallett's offseason going, Coach? Solid. Yep. He's improved every year he's been here. He's done a good job. See, now pause it. He could have then started talking about Ryan Mallett. Yep. But I think he's showing the media, if you ask me too many Tebow questions, I'm not giving you anything else. I'm giving you nothing. So don't mess with me. How's Ryan Mallett's offseason going? How far are we in now? 440. 440. That's when the media cracked. And he gave you a little idea. I'm done talking, Tebow. If you want me out of here, you keep asking questions about him until you ask me a question about somebody else. And I'll still give you nothing. <laughs> I'm still giving it's too you late. nothing. By the way, a question about the actual backup quarterback. Right. It, yes. And it is, it is a Tebow question. They're not going to ask about of, Ryan Mallett sort anyway. Of, sort of, sort of, but the media isn't going to give up easily. Now they're masking the Tebow question. Mm-hmm. What's the next question? Back to Tebow. I 
I haven't talked to Vina in a couple of years. Bert. Well done, Bert. Use mallet to get the Tebow. Right now, everybody's out there just trying to learn their position, learn our assignments, and we'll let the competition go in training camp like we usually do. How much does a player bill have to learn coming into this part of the season, June mini camp, to adapt to the season? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've been in three weeks of OTA, so whatever that is, that's what it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Four weeks is four weeks. A week of training camps, a week of training camps. Oh, he sort of dropped a, a, a regular it, season game. It is what it is right there. I mean, Classic. It all adds up every day. So uh, you can do the math. I don't know. Is uh, Dunner good to go? Will he be out oh, don't ask injury questions. You know better. Uh, he'll do what he can of do. Of course. <laughs> Come on. Oh, another oh, a Gronk question. Yeah, but asking about his availability to start the season. That's not I mean, all our players except exactly. one have been here regularly through the offseason up until this week. So, yeah, we'll see them all on regular basis. He's going to shut that down. Are all the players here? They are. Yeah, that's yep. a yes or no question, sort of. He's on a roll. Have you been thinking about this signing for a while? Oh, oh, don't go reflective. We go through personnel in the league on a daily basis, personnel department, and we meet periodically from time to time all throughout the year. It's all just 365 one days, basically. beautiful guy, part of the daily routine. I mean, this is like watching Picasso. It is. It is. Asking about Silver. You upset about what Silver said about Tebow. I don't have anything to add. No, he doesn't. Here's a good one. Nope. Nope. But whatever conversations I have with anybody would be between myself and that person. Oh, uh, that's a maybe. I don't think that's anything that would be shared publicly. Yeah, please. You're not going to do that. Not with you, with the political reporters. We'll see how it goes. Here's the best question and answer the whole thing. How much does Josh's background with Tim help? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Pause it. Pause it. <laughs> How much does McDaniel's background with Tebow, the guy who drafted him, guy who, paid it, who traded three picks to trade up for him, put his coaching job on the line yes. for Tebow? Yes, that guy. How much does he have to do? How big a part was he? I don't, don't. know. There you have it. Oh. Finish up strong, coach. Finish it up. Yeah, Bert. You don't know. Bert's going to keep. Yeah. That's right. There's a lot of people in the organization that contributed in all decisions like they usually are. Exactly. It's just one guy. It's a routine. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, now we can put a percentage. A couple final questions? Yeah, what's the general? Give me a general reaction. From the guys in the camp. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> you get feel for it at all? That's what he asked. You'd have to talk to that. I kind of want to represent what somebody else said. Of course he wouldn't do that. No. There's no way. Here we go. Last question. Yeah. Obviously, Tebow was available for five weeks. I'm wondering, could a guy made earlier perhaps and been here for the OTAs or just didn't work out? Well, you know, there's a lot of things in the offseason that, you know, the timing is different for one reason or another, and there are player transactions.
pretty much every day from the first day of free agency. He still wants out. Uh, and they'll they'll be there all the way up till the end of training camp. So I think each one's a little bit different. And, um, you know, just the way it is. Okay. Thank you. And then he's gone. I mean, Come on. Seriously. Wherever you are, hopefully, even if you're behind the wheel of a car, I don't want you to. You got to be. You can't. You, you stay can't, awake. Don't. Well, don't. No. 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 Well, you can't be hands free to clap. I mean, just clap. You got to give it up to this guy. That was incredible. I love him. Me too. Obviously, love him. I mean, it's, it's now I'm sure if you're a member of the media, I mean, uh, just spectacular. I mean, uh, Alec Baldwin of all people. Did you see that? I retweeted that. Oh, he tweeted to you, he right? He tweeted at me. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> if you mute the sound during this Tebow-centric <laughs> press conference, it looks like they're covering a colonoscopy. <laughs> Hashtag Belichick. He sort of smiled at one point, but I think it was just... I don't he, know. he was smiling at the situation. Right. I mean, it's I think not he like was just, he was enjoying he it. He thought it was comical. Yeah. 80-plus media members. <sighs> oh, oh, man. For a third-string QB. Oh, gosh. We word-clouded it, right? We we took the every word that Belichick said in the press conference and word clouded it, yep. and we're putting that up on our um, on, on our bo- blog page. In other words, it's the words are are larger in the collage for the more times that he has said it. Correct. Correct. So what was so the, the largest? One? The, the biggest word I think is all. All. Okay. And the next biggest words were team training week lot. Good. Try. Camp. Try. Think. Camp. Best. And just. <laughs> like, we're just, just let it play out. Right. We're going to try our we're best. We're just going to do, right. We got a lot to work on. The little word, little, little word, Tim. Tim. <laughs> Barely there. It's off in the corner. Oh, lordy lord. What a great show we've got. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Tebow uh, more. Just find out. Uh, uh, what in the world is going on in New England? Best we can with Ian Rappaport, who in his previous incarnation before NFL Network was a beat writer he was. for the Boston Herald covering the New England Patriots. Mike Silver, who wrote another column based on what happened on Monday after what he wrote a few weeks ago, how Tebow wasn't getting a gig because of how much media attention he was getting. People didn't want to invite that in there in New England. As the spot that seems likely for him to go won't be that because, according to one of his sources, Belichick, quote-unquote, hates Tebow as a player. That guy, Mike Silver. That guy. We're going to get him on. Uh, And then Deshaun Jackson's in studio. Lots going on in Philadelphia. Indeed. Lots going on in Philadelphia. No quarterback name there yet. Well, Vic said before they broke for the summer, like, hey, coach has got to choose one of us. I think he's sick and tired of sharing reps with Foles. And Deshaun himself, who's coming on, I believe, to promote a, uh, a video uh, for Father's Day in regards to his dad. Correct, right. Alex? It's a documentary, really. A documentary. Some interesting video there, and we'll find out how you can uh, all download it and see it. Um, he's going to be here in studio... Asking him questions about what's going on in, in in workouts for him, where I guess he's Chip Kelly's mixing first, second, third teamers all together, and and Deshaun was confused about that at one point. Needed to speak to the coach. There's also questions about who's representing him. Is he going to be into the next in line for the Rock Nation? Throw it up, Rich. When you say that <laughs> to me, it makes me think that this is you're asking me to be bulimic. Uh, no, no, no. What does that I'm mean? I'm not asking you to refund your meals, as George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throw it up is the Jay-Z thing. You throw up the rock. Right. 
for the so, Rock Nation. Rock Nation. So lots to talk about with him. And then, sir, the Game of Thrones finale went oh. down this past week. And again, I'm giving a heads up. We're going to do some spoilers because I want to talk about We're going to the talk finale. About, we have to talk about it. About the season three finale after the Red Wedding mm-hmm. went down. Uh, how they finished up, I thought, was spectacular. Me too. Okay. The question is, Is does the person who I believe, hopefully by the end of the conversation, will be the official Game of Thrones reviewer for the podcast, what does he think? Aaron Rodgers. Oh. The Super Bowl MVP. Oh, him. For the Green Bay Packers. Well, MVP he, of the league a couple would, years he ago. He would know about Game of Thrones spoilers because he got himself into a little Twitter controversy. Now, here is my, yeah, because he, he tweeted out some spoilers. People were all over him. Here is my challenge. I told the Packers that that's all we're talking about with him. No football talk. I said if I ask him one football question, he can hang up the phone on me. That's big of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to. It's a bold statement. It's fun to talk Game of Thrones with a guy who is as into it as we are. Yeah. He just happens to be a Super Bowl champion and we're, MVP. We're not, and uh, the highest paid player in the league, I believe. Right, right. So that's going to be great. It'll be fun talking about that. But let's let's start chewing into this Tebow stuff. Ian Rappaport now here on the line. Ian, you are a veteran of the Bill Belichick press conference, correct? Absolutely. Okay, one you've the, been you've been how many how, seasoned veterans? How many of them? Give me a number. Give me a number. Over a hundred. How many? I would. I think over a hundred. Over a hundred. Easily, probably over two hundred. Has to be right. Because how long were you on the Patriots beat before joining the network? Uh, three years. Three years. So three years of OTAs and mini camps and weekly press conferences and post games and all that, I would definitely say you're well over 200. Does I'm terrible at math, but I think you're right. I know that, by the way. Does what we witnessed on Tuesday rank as the number one Bill Belichick clampdown, shutdown, press conference of all time? It's, I would say, top three. Um, the, the original uh, one, which I was not there for, but I've seen of post Spygate was, I think, probably, as far as significance, should probably go number one. Okay. Um, but just from pure comedy standpoint, to me, this was number one. Um, I mean, I'm trying to tweet as it goes along, and I'm trying to, you know, listen to what he's saying, and I cannot stop laughing because, it, you know, he's like, he's like an assassin. You know, he sees the questions coming, he sizes it up, and he goes with one of several responses, including... Um, just trying to get, you know, just trying to help the team. Uh, I don't know, which is a great one. Um, look, there are a lot of players on the team. That was one that I didn't see coming, but I probably should have. I thought that was a really good one. Uh, and then finally, the look, we've been over this a couple of times. Can we talk about something else? That's, that's really the, that's really the uh, all right, guys, you're just wasting my time. But if you're a reporter out there, I mean, how how much courage does it take to ask a question you know he won't give you the proper answer to, and you're several minutes into this press conference, and you just feel that you have to ask it anyway because you've got to look yourself in the mirror the next day, right? Or later on that night. What's this like? Put me in your shoes. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a weird one, well, for a lot of reasons, but for this specific reason. Um, it was never like that for me. Like, I covered Nick Saban for three years. I covered Belichick for three years. Oh, boy. Once you get, once you get over the, 
you know, it takes a couple uh, public beatdowns, which Saban so readily gave me as often as he could possibly muster. Um, you know, at some point you go, well, I'm still standing. Uh, our relationship is fine. And it's never personal because it's not like you guys are having a private conversation. It's coach and media, whoever it is. So um, to me, it was never courage. I always, I always kind of enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a joust. Um, when he would get especially bland, and when the awkward silences would get especially awkward, I would usually end up laughing because it's so ridiculous. I mean, it's just like the theater of the absurd. So. Um, you know, I mean, there were definitely times when we'd gone over the same thing six times. I wanted one more piece of information that I knew I wouldn't get that I could <laughs> possibly live without. And I would go, eh, I'm just going to throw one up there and kind of see how it see how it turns out. I'm, I I enjoyed it, and today I really enjoyed it. Yeah, today was, today was great. I mean, you had a great tweet, like, about the drinking game, about <laughs> what, what were the two phrases about drinking um, the two phrases were, we'll, we'll see where it goes, right? Yeah, and, well, we'll see what happens, and right. um, just, trying to, just trying to make the team better. Right. Just trying to do what it takes to win. And, and you, got, you got the Quinella in one answer, I think, right? <laughs> I think, the second answer. Second an- oh, it was magic. It was great. Yeah, the second answer of the Belichick press conference, he dropped both, actually. He did. He, he went, well, we, he, he went, uh, Anything we do isn't it, the first answer. Anything we do is what we here. Play, it, play Alex. Do you have the first answer? I know. I know. I'm not going to do this justice. So just play. Play the first answer. The first answer, Alex. Oh, we always try to. Yeah. Anything we do is anything we do is what we feel is in the best interest of the team. There's one. Uh, you know, Tim's a talented player that's smart and works hard. So see how it goes. There you go. I mean, there you go, Ian. Drink. Did you? <laughs> I tweeted out it's eight. It's before eight a.m. out here on the West Coast. I may have to Uber into work. That was great. I'm so hammered. You know, I gotta. I, I guess I gotta be careful because God forbid people take it literally. But uh, I, I mean, I that, the Belichick press conference drinking game got a lot of responses. I mean, there's that's a good one. And then if you do post game and there's a major injury, another one of my favorites is look, we just got off the field. That's another one of my good. Well, things. I mean, you know, it's it, it's just it, you're banging your head against the door again against a wall with him when you you know it's not it's sort of the press conference is beginning to go sideways here. It's not moving forward. It's going sideways, and then you're filling the void by trying to get him off topic so you can get back to topic again. He sees through all that. And the biggest problem, Ian, is when the member of the media that tries to go off topic goes injury question. That is just a big mistake. It's a big mistake. Yeah, and, and it leads to uh, some. That's that's really where you get the really good awkward pauses. You know, because it's like you're expecting a long answer, but instead you get like five words, and then we all just kind of sit there. Fantastic. And he's, you know, and he's loving it. Because he is right. He is loving it. He he does. He, he even though it does oh, yeah. seem like he is, you know, taking the proverbial castor oil. He's enjoying this, correct? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because you know, it's it's shifting. It's shifting the power of the press conference. It's all right. You can ask whatever you want, but I just answered, and you guys have nothing for me. <laughs> you know, it's just. And, and what's interesting about it. Belichick, and you know, one of the reasons I think this is a really good 
spot for Tebow, if, I mean, look, it's the only spot for him now, so of course it's good, but um, is because Belichick is the most disciplined question answer I have ever seen. Like, he's never just going to go, like, just say something. Well, actually, Tebow's going to work a defensive tackle and then regret it later. Like, he never, it's just, it's on point, it's discipline, and so he's never going to entertain any of our Tebow mania questions. It's and the then, quintessential, Ian, it's the quintessential strategy. If you give him nothing, you can never be called on anything. It's just sort of that simple. And and, and he was, it was today, on Tuesday, was the pinnacle. To me, you should, that's time capsule stuff. You you rip it and throw it in whatever museum of broadcasting, the Smithsonian, whatever you want. It's something I will show my child one day and say, that's how you deal with this, young man. And I know the media would probably hear that and go, oh, boy, he's terrible to deal with in that regard. You're not getting anything. But seriously, that's you're right. That's why Tebow is in a great spot in that regard, that he can just shut it down, put him in the biosphere like nobody else, and that's the end of it. And Tebow, I did believe, uh, had a 35-second Chris Brockman? He did, 35 seconds. 35-second wow. statement. Alex, do we have that? Do we have that? Oh, I had a one-on-one. Sorry, I'll speak loud. We can relax, guys. We had a one-on-one schedule. <laughs> Is that true? Easy, guys. Yeah, we can relax. It's all, we can relax. It's all good. I'll speak loud enough for everyone to hear. Um, First and foremost, I just want to uh, thank the Patriots for giving me an opportunity. I'm very thankful. Um, you know, it's such an honor to, to be a Patriot and play for uh, Coach Belichick and uh, for Coach McDaniels and uh, learn under Tom and be a part of this um, great franchise and a part of a, uh, a very successful franchise. And, you know, I found that out firsthand. I've lost to him several times. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to working hard every single day and, and getting a lot better and learning under some great people. So. That's all I got, but thank y'all so much, and God bless. I'm sure we'll be talking more soon. <laughs> That's it. You heard how what a cluster F it was around him. And uh, also, you also hear the, the pings that you will be hearing for the rest of our days and our children will be at all press conferences of iPhone videos being started and stopped because that's the way that, you know, that journalism's going, Ian. I don't know if you – did you see that? Just to go off topic a little bit, that the Chicago Sun-Times laid off their entire photography staff because now people are just taking pictures with iPhones. Did you see that, Ian? I did see that. Frustrating. I mean, you know, I hope they, I mean, I guess they'll use stringers for real events. And, but, I mean, you know, as someone who takes many iPhone photos, often poorly, um, I hope they would not put any of them in the newspaper. I mean, just, um, you heard, so, right, I mean, and you just heard that people are taking video using their iPhones. You heard that all throughout the Belichick press conference, too. But anyway, the thing that le- le- leaps out at me, and this is a leaping off point for our conversation here on Tebow, that he said, learning under Tom is what he said. And what that means in shorthand is I'm here as a quarterback, and I don't get it. I don't get it. And I know that Tebow fans who hear me say that will be like, well, why don't you get it? Look what he did in Denver. And I understand what he did in Denver was special. And it was something that we in the media were were all over for good reason because it raised all boats in a Tiger Woods type way in terms of ratings. But it's clear to me there is no way he plays quarterback for the New England Patriots unless Bernard Pollard comes and takes everybody out. And, <laughs> and it's possible. Well, so I, I, I wouldn't rule that out. That's true, and I know I'm being a little bit facetious, but I don't see it. 
But what I do see is a team that is so well-known for its wrinkles, so well-known for its versatility in its roster, as well as its players thinking in a way that's next level compared to other teams, that Tebow seems to me the perfect guy to throw out there in a way that Tony Sperano couldn't have dreamt of if you gave him Bill Walsh for a night. And I, I, I don't understand this whole I'm just a quarterback thing. Can you help me with this? Well, there's, there's a couple levels to this, with, and a lot of them are just fascinating wrinkles. One, you just mentioned, like, if the Patriots can get anything out of Tebow and make him a part of the offense that is hard to defend, they'll have done it better than the Jets. And that's just funny. I mean, for, you know, Bill Belichick... Well, it's a bonus for him. That's a bonus for him. I mean, that's part of this, isn't it? I I would have to think so. I mean, it's just, you know, his relationship with the Jets, we know about. I think if you would like to be one team, I think it's pretty clear that would be the team. And getting Tim Tebow to be a meaningful part of the team would be a huge win. Um, So I think that's one thing. Um, You know, learning under Brady learning to play quarterback in the NFL, uh, I get that that's definitely Tebow's goal. I mean, I have zero doubt in my mind. If you put a, if you gave him a lie detector test and say, what is your goal in New England? He would say to be a quarterback in the, to learn how to be a quarterback in the NFL. So he's going to play quarterback today during practice. He played quarterback, but here's the, the two biggest things about this are one, that's all the Patriots are going to say until we see him out somewhere weird during the season, until he's their starting running back or their starting tight end or whatever it is, or the personal protector on, you know, on the punt. Um, whatever it is, the, he, the Patriots are going to say he's a quarterback until that. The other thing is it's fascinating when you look at his contract because you know, it's a regular, it's a two-year deal, no bonus, no nothing, no guaranteed money. But there is playing time incentives in 2014 only. So people will face a decision, you know, assuming he makes the team. He's going to face a decision. Uh, either continue to be a quarterback and not play, basically. Just sit behind Tom Brady and not play. Or play another position and possibly earn a lot more money in playing time incentives. And that looming decision for Tebow, one he has been unwilling to make, is, to me, probably the most interesting thing I've learned through this process. Well, if he's seen what has happened over the past few weeks where teams that could clearly use him as a backup aren't even thinking about that because they didn't want what happened on Tuesday with the media. I mean, we heard the second question of the press conference in Belichick today on Tuesday was asked by a... uh, a uh, guy who, whose who's caveat for his question was, I'm a political reporter from New Hampshire, as if that's a way like to that. ingratiate himself and Bill say, I'm not part of the usual pack here, coach, so, you know, treat me different. Um, that if he has had that much trouble, this seems to me a perfect opportunity for him. A perfect opportunity for him. He's not going to get the reps, and anybody who is the greatest Tim Tebow lover, and there are many out there. Don't take this the wrong way. If they take Tom Brady off the field for even one snap, 
for Tebow to do whatever he does in a red zone or for a one-yard gain or whatever, the minute they take Tom Brady off the field, the other team is saying, yes, please, I'll have some more of that. You are and not a better Brady team. Brady is saying stuff that we could never print in a newspaper or put on a television screen. What do you mean? I mean, oh, if they Brady take him off the field, off yes, the and that's the, the next. That's the next thing is when Brady's available. What do you think of Tebow? What happens if he comes in for a play? You know, and they're going to ask the hypothetical question, and Brady's going to have to handle it in the usual high class manner that he does, and, uh, and 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 he may he may have the same response I would as uh, as Joe Namath had when we asked Joe Namath that question at last year's Hall of Fame on live television. Marshall Falk asked him. If you were the coach, if you were the uh, the quarterback of the New York Jets back when you were the quarterback in the New York Jets, and somebody like Tebow or any backup was running onto the field and hitting you on the hip in your huddle, saying, "Hey, coach has put me in. What would you do?" And Namath sat there for a second, long pause, and goes, "Well, that just wouldn't happen." And we all fell <laughs> right. off our chairs laughing. I mean. Brady's going to have to come up with it once because someone is going to ask him that hypothetical. What happens if, 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 what happens if, and then fill in the blank. So to me, I don't see any of that being feasibility. Do you think we will see any of this in preseason? Because if he's just going to be the quarterback and he's going to try and have to beat out Ryan Mallett, and if they don't want to take three quarterbacks into the season, I don't know if they did last year or not off the top of my head, you know, I don't even think he'll be on the team by Labor Day. And this whole thing is, you know, a, a nice way for us to fill our time in June in the NFL media. Well, they – I don't think they carried three last year because, remember, Brian Hoyer was cut and now it stayed. So I think they kept two the whole, you know, the whole way through. Um, but, you know, to your question, I don't see any scenario where Tim Tebow takes Tom Brady off the field because – you know, let's say that Tim Tebow is a great, you know, goal line runner or something, right? You know, that, that's been sort of the thing. He, you know, he's great in the red zone. I remember at Florida as a freshman, that was what he came in in the red zone. Tom Brady is one of the best third or fourth and short runners in the history of the NFL. His success rate is unbelievable. I mean, he, it's like he gets it every time. He's got some string that's just incredible. Um. So I don't even see Tebow coming in for short yardage. I mean, what I always think about is, remember when Michael Vick was coming back into the league from jail? And it was a big thing about where he was going to sign. And, you know, Belichick said, uh, you know, something like, we'll look at every prospect. And all of a sudden, people started kind of thinking it would be, you know, Michael Vick to the Patriots. And Robert Kraft came out and basically said, we don't want to do anything that doesn't involve Tom Brady being on the field. And that's, I mean, I will always remember that because this is really the same situation. So, you know, if he's going to play in a non-blowout situation, I would be beyond shocked if it's ever at quarterback with Tom Brady healthy and Ryan Mallett on the roster. Well, Kraft also said it um, back when the Wildcat became the rage at the expense of the Patriots. And everybody seemed to have a wildcat package uh, in store, not only just for New England, but everybody else. Brad Smith was running what the Jets were calling mm-hmm. the pistol, and everyone was doing Cribs was doing his thing in Cleveland. And everyone asked, well, is New England going to do that? And Bob Kraft essentially said, why in the world am I paying all this money to Tom Brady? Why in the world is Tom Brady the 
multiple Super Bowl MVP. Why would we do that and put him at wide receiver or take him off the field for even one snap? And so that's why, again, I'm bringing all this to the fore right now. And before I get to Mike Silver, I want to finish up with you with this question. You as the veteran Belichick press conference, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, denizen, for the lack of a better phrase, and also the veteran beat rider. You've been there. You've done that. You've seen it all in New England. Crystal ball it for me. I know coaches say they don't have a crystal ball. Crystal ball this for me. Do we see Tebow on this team somehow, some way, as a quarterback when the season starts? Will we see him week two when we open the season, Jets at Patriots, as uh, a Woodhead role? Or does he just not make this team at all? Give me something. I think he'll make the team. It's no guarantee, and he's going to have to earn it. But the possibilities are too good. Um, the money is nothing. So, I mean, that's, he's, you know, he's basically earning as little as anyone would be. And he's a decent athlete who is a strong guy who really wants to help the team somehow, and he wants to be an NFL player, so he's going to do whatever they ask. So I think he's going to be – the third-string quarterback, uh, if they trade Ryan Mallett during the preseason, which I could see happening if they get a second-rounder, um, then I think he'll be the backup quarterback if, you know, if they like him enough. Um, and you know, now you can dress 46 men on the roster. Uh, you dress 46 men on game day. So if, if you ask me for a prediction, here's what I'll tell you. For years, Rex Ryan has done funny things when they played the Patriots. Patriots cut Kevin O'Connell, their backup quarterback. When the Jets and the Patriots played, O'Connell was the captain. Rex always does funny things like this. So my prediction would be somehow when the Patriots and the Jets play in week two on Thursday yep. on NFL Network, that Tebow will be in the starting lineup somehow. Okay. And it'll be funny. You know what? It, it just adds a whole new aspect of it. Trust me, all of us here at NFL Network are on our hands and knees hoping that you're correct. That if Tim Tebow is dressed that night after we saw a little bit in week one of him uh, coming out of the backfield a la Aaron Hernandez, for instance, or somehow, some way, a ball carrier, a guy on one of those famed bubble screens, he's catching it from Brady. If we see that sort of next-level wrinkle versatility out of Tim Tebow in week one for New England, and then here comes the short week, and the Jets are going to have to get ready for Tebow on Thursday night football, we are going to yeah. go absolutely ape <laughs> That's the only word for it. I mean, imagine if you know, I mean, seriously, there's no, out. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to sit here and go, well, you know, we're going to, you know, he's just one guy and where he's just part of the whole history of the Jets Patriots rivalry. And yes, the butt fumble happened and we all wonder what's going on with Geno Smith and we'll talk about it all. But we will we it, it will be crazy. We will be off our rocker if what you are saying is true. And I hope it is because it just makes things that much more interesting. It really does. Yeah, I mean, what would really be great is if it happened like you laid out, where they pl he plays a little bit in week one, and the entire storyline for the Jets is how are you going to stop Tebow? Yeah, especially especially if Sanchez in week one 
uh, throws to one of his young wide receivers because Santonio Holmes is still on the pup list or what have you, and that guy runs the wrong route or slips or Sanchez airmails that kid directly into the breadbasket of Darrell Rivas for a pick six in MetLife. Let's just set it all up. Epic. Right? Or, I love or, it. or Sanchez does great week one. Tim Tebow's not even on the team, and it's just a plain old Jets-Patriots rivalry, which we'll take anyway. Which will yeah, take anyway. Which will be great. To kick off week yeah. two of the NFL Network season. Ian Rappaport, you're a good man, sir. Thank you very much for uh, for calling in. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy it, Rich. Thanks for having you me. You bet. That's Ian Rappaport on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Now let's get Mike Silver on the horn. Uh, I believe Mike, uh, the Yahoo columnist, the famed Yahoo columnist who wrote another great column on Tim Tebow. Uh, Mike, you're driving around looking for the Patriots organizational source who told you Belichick hated Tebow. I've caught you behind the wheel of the car searching for that source, correct? <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm just trying to get in character. And I, as I told the Twitter world, I am already fucked in, uh, immortalized by Paul Schaefer in the classic business final tap. And you tap fans, and I know you are one, Rich, yes. know exactly what I'm talking about uh, as I... Uh, as I prepare to get into full Fufkin mode. And, and I know I'm actually not mad at my source. I've been communicating with the source, uh, you know, these last few days. And uh, I think a lot of people in that building are very surprised. And, look, uh, you know, I, I think I would love to say, oh, Bill Belichick just did this uh, to get at me. And, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a tiny bit of truth to that. But as egotistical as I am, I, I have to believe that it's, it's more along the lines of, you know what, let me think about this. I think we're smart enough here to figure out a way to try to make this work. But the only way this works, it seems, Mike, is that if he does something other than play quarterback, if he's going to sit yeah. there and say, I'm just going to learn to play quarterback in this system and be a quarterback, he might not be there by uh, Labor Day even. Right. I, I, I mean, you know, I think – if you're going to justify keeping him on the roster as a quarterback, and I've heard this from other coaches who have thought about this, um, I think Marvin Lewis and I talked about this at one point. He said, you know, you have to justify having him uh, not only on the 53, but almost on the 45 on game day. And so can he be the up back on your punt team, for example, as the Jets tried? Um, the Patriots are a team that, has le- that have liked to keep two uh, with Brady uh, obviously uh, taking every meaningful snap, and now Mallet entrenched as the backup. So uh, I agree. They have to have a reason to want to have a third quarterback. Um, you know, I tend to believe this isn't just, hey, we want Tim Tebow to be our third-string quarterback. Uh, because, as you suggest, it, it, you know, they don't really need it. If, if you can put him on the field... Uh, as a sort of hybrid tight end, H-back, possible short yardage runner, uh, guy who might get the ball and throw it, you know, whatever it is that Phil and Josh McDaniels come up with, then maybe you can justify it. And maybe what they're doing is taking the next two and a half months to evaluate that and, uh, you know, get throw a bone to a guy who probably deserves uh, on the strength of his character, to not be out of the league. So what is your source who told you that um, that Belichick hated Tebow as a player, and then in the column that you wrote on Monday, the day that the Patriots' word broke that they were signing Tebow, you said that this source had told you that 
this source was dug in even more, saying yeah, that, that, was, that Belichick's that was, refutal, re- refutal of this was full of it. What does your source yeah. say right now, now that Tebow is physically on the team? Right yeah, now? so what the source says now is a combination of the source absolutely believes in the hey, Mike Silver caused this theory, so that's <laughs> nice. That fuels my ego. And I think uh, the source also believes that uh, this is Bill's way of showing everybody that he's the smartest guy in the world. And, and by the way, he, he may be the smartest guy in the NFL. I don't want to say that too flippantly. I, I'm not, you know, Bill and I have had our differences in recent years, but I am also not blind to the fact that he is exceptionally good at what he does and, uh, you know, knows a lot more about this than I do or, or most of us. But, uh, you know, he has missed in personnel uh, more often than people probably uh, give credit for in recent years. They've taken some high risk, uh, you know, draft picks and acquisitions. They took a safety out of Rutgers that probably wouldn't have been drafted. Uh, in the third round, they took him, you know, might have gone in the seventh. They took the guy, Nate Ebner, who was a rugby player, who ended up costing them in the Cardinals game last year when that punt was blocked. Uh, you know, I, I know that there are times where people in that building believe, you know, Bill's just doing this because he wants to show the world that he's smarter than they are. And again, oftentimes he is, but. Uh, you know, we know he's an A-plus coach. In terms of personnel acquisition, uh, Post Pioli, who was very good at getting him the guys that he knew Bill liked, uh, you know, I don't know that it's been as great. And, uh, you know, the other thing is he already looks aggravated by the circus, and I understand the circus <laughs> is aggravating. There are 32 coaches who would be at least somewhat aggravated having to deal with Tebow over the long haul, uh, no offense to Tebow, just the circus that comes with it. Uh, Bill, day one, he did this. He knew what was coming, and day one, he's already uh, grumpy. And I know part of that has got to be shtick, but part of it looked kind of, you know, sincere. And, dude, it's not going to get better. And, uh, you know, I, I just – I hope it's worth it to him. It, well, it will uh, that- be uh, – that's it will one. be if they if it helps them win. It will be worth it. Yeah, I, well, I don't know how. I honestly don't know how that's going to happen unless, as I, as I mentioned before, he plays uh, he plays uh, a much bigger and stronger Danny Woodhead role. That that right. that's what he does. I, I think he would flourish in that. And the question is, as you have again, you've written uh, now uh, the two columns on the Tebow uh, aspect in the past month. And you have spoken to lots of people about Tebow and the way he goes about his business. Why do you think, if he is just saying, I'm a quarterback, why do you think he's doing that? Don't you think that he's, he should, after what he's seen so far, and I understand what he did in Denver, and he has seen the landscape over the past few weeks, and he's seen that many th- people are shy away from you from him because of what you said in your first column. They don't want to be part of this circus. They don't right. want that circus to come to town. And they can't put up the velvet ropes in the way that Belichick masterfully did in his Tuesday press conference, as only he could. So why do you think he wouldn't go ahead and play the Woodhead role when he's got the coach, not only head coach, who can you know create the space for him to do that, not have to answer all the questions about why are you not playing quarterback anymore, and have the offensive coordinator who believes in him clearly more than any coach maybe in the National Football League and Josh McDaniels. Why do you think he wouldn't do that? 
I believe you would, and I my guess, and this is not sourced because I don't want to be wrong again this week, but uh, <laughs> my, my guess is that uh, they had that conversation and that Tim probably is more open to it than anyone is letting on. Because let's look at how this went down. Tim and Urban Meyer, his college coach, now at Ohio State, spent the weekend together in Columbus. Uh, there was a big Ohio State, I think, recruiting weekend, a lot going on. Uh, Urban and Bill are friends. Bill, out of nowhere, on, this is last weekend I'm talking about, Bill, out of nowhere on Friday, uh, seems to speak to a reporter about one thing, and that is a four-week-old column of mine, which, by the way, was kind of supportive of Tebow, saying, hey, let's give this kid a chance. Yeah, give him a shot. But, yeah, but in the column, it uh, depicted Bill as hating him as a player and said that he would never sign him. Uh, I like repeating that. It sounds really good now. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, so out of nowhere, Bill goes off on that quote four weeks after the fact. Kind of weird timing, you know, that all of a sudden that would happen. And then, uh, bam, on Monday, uh, he's, word breaks that he's going to sign him. So, you know, did Urban call Bill and go, hey, dude, I'm sitting here with him. This is brutal. This is killing him. You know, nobody's giving him a chance. Everyone thinks you hate him. You know, come on, what do we, you know, help help a brother out here. And at some point, do Bill and Tim speak? And if they do, my suspicion is Bill would say, okay, dude, here's the deal. Probably not dude, but yeah. Tim, here's, here's the deal. Um, we're, we're interested in you, and we're willing to take you on, but it might not be, uh, you know, the, the job you're looking for on paper, and we've got this guy named Tom Brady. He's kind of good. Uh, you might have heard of him. Uh, and we like Ryan Mallett. So what we're thinking of is, yeah, we're going to teach you how to play quarterback, but we also might be looking at a few other uh, things. How do you feel about it? Now, if you're Tim, I'm pretty sure at that point you go, uh, job with Patriots, no job. I, I'll, you know, I'm open to it. And by the way, it's Bill Belichick, so it's not like you're hearing it from Rob Chudzinski or somebody who you're like, wow, that's interesting. I mean, it's a guy who uh, has a lot of credibility. So, uh, you know, we, we always hear what a great teammate Tim is, and uh, assuming that that's 100% true, I would think that's what he'd absolutely say. And, you know, I don't think Bill feels a real compulsion to – broadcast to the world exactly what his plans are uh, for him. And he may not, he, yeah, and he may not know yet, to his, you know, in, in his defense. They may not know. He and Josh may be going into the lab right now, and, and you know, it could be a fun off-season project for them. But bottom line is, as, you know, I look bad, uh, you know, my source looks bad and all that. But bottom line is I'm happy that, a guy who, you know, by all rights should at least have one more crack at playing in the NFL somehow has a job. Uh, you know, I don't know of another guy. I know lots of people who had early success and then washed out. That's the NFL, as you know. It's brutal. But I can't think of anyone who didn't either play his way out of the league or and or act like a knucklehead off the field and cost himself that opportunity Here's a guy that has done neither and seemed to be 
uh, you know, bereft of opportunities. So I'm really glad that he is on an NFL run. And that's one of the main reasons, many reasons why I liked your column on Monday is you sort of raise your hand saying, hey, listen, uh, I know I said that Belichick hated Tebow, and my source (laughs) still believes that. And there may be egg on my face in that regard, but I still believe what my source says. We don't know why he signed him completely, but what you've just said made sense. And what you also said was that Tebow deserves a shot. I, I, you know, you're a human being first, Mike, and then you're a columnist, you know, 1A, you know, like that 1B. That's why that's one of the many, many things I love about you. OK, is that you're you 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 have an ego, but you're not going to just jam your feet into the ground and take a stance just because of that. You know what I mean? I, I, many things I love about you. And that's one of them. That said, well, that's I, my, I that, appreciate I you appreciate bet. it because I still believe Cal's going to the Rose Bowl in my lifetime. It's <laughs> all logic. So I'm, See, I'm very hard-headed. And, I, you know, somebody said on Twitter, are you going to apologize to us? And I said, no, I saved that for text to my wife. So I don't really feel a need to send an actual apology. But, uh, you know, if it ever is proven that Bill did this just for me, which I doubt will happen, but if that and Bigfoot are proven uh, and UFOs, I do want a cut of the signing bonus, or I want Robert Kraft to give me, like, a nice steak dinner somewhere for, you know, for my part. Well, because at the very least, what that did today uh, on on Tuesday with the press conference, there was no, uh, you know, Gronkowski's acting – uh, the, the fool half the time, and now he's injured all the time. What about all these other tight ends that are hurt? What about X, Y, and Z that he may not want to answer? It was all Tebow sucking the oxygen out of the room, and then now now they're going to work. That's that's part of the reason why I always in, in the last conversation with you, this just makes sense. You have the, what Tebow needs is a, go to a team with an unassailable starting quarterback. Check that box. He needs to go to a team that will put, as I said, the velvet ropes around him. He will disappear. He will poof, go away. He he will operate in anonymity in a way that no other organization would be able to do. The coach is absolutely going to clear a space for him um, uh, metaphorically, not like a roster space guaranteed, but he will have the room to uh, experiment and also improve without having to answer questions every two seconds. And on top of it, if he does what every other Patriot does, and I mentioned this with Ian Rappaport before, which is be the Vrabel that catches touchdowns or the Troy Browns that plays wide receiver and be that guy, be one of those guys who plays a, a role, a multiple role on the team, he could be the ultimate weapon against the team that they love to beat. It all plays in that Belichick can look smarter than the Jets and use a former Jet to beat the Jets. It really works on every level. Well, can I offer, though, a devil's advocate? Please. To because, Please. And it, it begins with the fact that Belichick, we already know he's smarter than the Jets. And I would say the butt fumble, you know, <laughs> it's going to be tough to top that. But if they did come in and win a playoff game in the, in the infamous Spark God Can't Wait game. But, uh, you know, look, I, I hear you on all that. However, uh, you can't fully stop the circus, no matter who you are, um, I, because there's just so much interest. And I, and that's not just our world. There's a whole other world outside of our world that sees it on a level that is much bigger than games and first downs. And so, I, yes, Belichick can put him inside the ropes, but it's still a thing. 
and Bill still is annoyed by it. And they've had great success at times with situations you'd think could be distracting, i.e. Randy Moss when they brought him in in 07. But, uh, you know, the one the criticism about Tebow is not that he's a bad person or not that he is actively a negative force on the team. It's more of the, you know, he doesn't know his place. He doesn't go out of his way to try to quiet the other stuff down. And, I, and I'm not sure how culpable he really is. I know in Denver that he was fined by the other quarterbacks uh, every day that billboard was up saying start Tebow when he was the backup and that he didn't disavow it publicly because it would have been very easy to say, hey, listen, I got something to say. That billboard is very flattering, and that's really cool, but listen, I'm Kyle Orton's backup. My role is to support Kyle. I'm here to help the Denver Broncos win. It's not about me being the starter. He never did that, and he never seems to do that. If you listen to Yeah, but Brady's not Kyle Orton. No one's ever going to be calling for Tebow's name in New England. Never. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. But I just say that as an analogy in terms of the attention. He, Tim has not ever, in my opinion, gone out of his way to say, hey, come on, guys, it's not about me, it's about the team. The kind of stuff Belichick would say. If Belichick could, you know, go into Tebow's body and speak for him when he meets the media after this, he'd say, I'm just here to help the team win. But he's never going to meet the media. He's not going to meet. That's what I'm saying. When when will they get a shot at him? I mean, that's what I talked about. According to, unless they're willing to pay fines, you know, once a week during the season, and I think you... There are time, you know, if there's a mini camp, I think you've got to make them available. Now you can you can pay fines, you know, heaven knows Bill Belichick and the Patriots nice. have paid fines before. Uh, sorry, not supposed <laughs> to bring that up, but, but uh, yeah, listen, uh, uh, I don't think he can totally control it, and I think it will drive him insane on some level that, that you know it, it offends him on so many levels. The you know, the attention on something that is not what football really is about and the disproportionate share of attention that a, you know, bit player, third-string quarterback will get, that it, if it drove him crazy today, I say it drives him crazy down the road, they'd better find a way to make him more than Danny Woodhead because if not, I think Bill will just lose his mind and pull the plug. Last question for you. We have Deshaun Jackson coming up on this show. You mentioned the Cow Bears. He's a Cow Bear. Uh, what are you hearing about him and what's going on in Philadelphia? We're going to talk about this with Deshaun, uh, about uh, you know him looking across the line of scrimmage and not seeing a first-team defender and Chip Kelly essentially saying that's what the way I'm running this operation here. Um, lots of talk about Jay-Z and whatnot with him. What are, what are you hearing about Deshaun Jackson? Well, first of all, if Deshaun does sign with Jay-Z, I want to hang out. That's my number one goal. I'm going back to my, <laughs> my SI sensibilities, and that's going to be my goal. But, you know, I believe that when you have a new coach who's trying to establish himself, things like this are going to happen. Uh, Deshaun is a super talented player. His journey in Philly has been really, really weird. Uh, you know, and I obviously knew about him coming in, but, you know, was bad-mouthed to some degree before the draft, fell in the draft, went there, was an instant impact player, uh, won games for them, you know, had epic moments like that, punt return against the Giants, and many others. Uh, deserved by NFL standards, 
and the standards of his contract to have a bigger deal early and have that torn up. Uh, understandably, in my opinion, chafed when not only did that not happen, but the Eagles went out and gave lots and lots of money to people who hadn't won games for them. Probably didn't handle the situation very well. Uh, again, and so, you know, I understand Deshaun as a smaller guy who takes vicious hits. You know, you really want that security financially. It's not like, oh, Mario Williams isn't getting paid. Uh, you know, I, I can see how he feels vulnerable in this job, and, and a guy who produces like that wants to get that security. So probably didn't handle it real well uh, in the process and now seems to be poised to maybe put his head down and, and you know, go back to being that impact player. But uh, you've got a coach who is establishing the law and clearly, uh, you know, new boundaries are being drawn. So I'm really interested in it. I think he's so talented and ultimately has a sense of self-preservation, and that will land him back into the mix and probably will be an impact player this year. And I'm actually really fascinated to hear what you guys have to talk about because, uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of deep conversations with Deshaun, and I know you're going to get him to to be really interested. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best, and that's why I knew I was going to ask you because you're also talented, an impact player. (laughs) With a deep sense of self-preservation, certainly on the story that we've been discussing. On yes, the show. And, I, and, we, and, and heaven knows I make mistakes sometimes spectacularly. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just a Cal Bear thing. You know, we throw ourselves out there. We're willing to, you know, take chances. We're willing to fail. And we know more than virtually anyone in American sports that yeah. even if you know, it doesn't go your way in that particular time. You still I'm just, have to have pride sure. in the, the crowd. I'm just yeah. realizing this is a whole Cal Bear show. You, Deshaun Jackson, and then uh, your, your WTF buddy himself, Aaron oh, yeah, Rodgers, is coming on. He's coming on to talk Game of Thrones finale. I'm going to get a text from Marshawn, and he's going to be furious uh, <laughs> that he wasn't included. Uh, and, and you're, you're going to have to. You're going to have to reckon with uh, Muddy Lynch. All right, I'll do that. Mike, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it, Rich. Take you care. bet. That is Mike Silver. Please download all his columns on Yahoo Sports, uh, not just the fascinating Tebow ones that he's been penning, uh, typing out over the last few weeks. That's Mike Silver back on the Rich Eisen Podcast. And now welcoming in studio now the man of the hour, uh, one of the more dynamic players in the National Football League who's got uh, uh, a uh, documentary that's coming out, correct, Deshaun yes, Jackson? Yes, sir. Good big, to see you. Big documentary. Good to see you, too, Good as well. to see you. Thanks for having me. Real quick, before we get to the chat, what, tell me about this documentary. What do you got? Well, the documentary, man, is a, is a, is a big documentary, honestly. Uh, it's been uh, filmed 20 years in the making. Uh, 20 years in the making? 20 years of in the you? making. Of myself, of my family, uh, my father, uh, my brother. Mother, little kids, everybody, man. It's, uh, but it's really a father's inspiration. Uh, you know, my dad um, dreamed about playing sports, and his father never really allowed him to play sports because where he came from, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, he used to have to work at a steel mill and things like that. So, you know, once he had kids, my dad had about 10 kids, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's eight of us. And, um, you know, he just installed playing sports in his kids. And um, myself and my brother, I actually was able to see my brother um, make it to the NFL first. And, uh, you know, at an early age, I was probably like five years old. And, you know, I used to always look up to my big brother. And, you know, he made it two years. He made it to the practice squad, Kansas City Chiefs, um, with uh, 
you know, Al Saunders, uh, Dick Vermeule, sure. them type of guys. Was, and then, you know, he actually so you brought, met You met Dick Vermeule as a five-year-old? No, I wasn't five. He actually okay. brought me around. I was probably about 13 years 13 old. 13 years yeah, old. That's my, when you met Dick Vermeule. Yeah, that's when I met Dick Vermeule. I was 13 years old. They took me to the NFL camp. I want to say back in 92 uh, when uh, Marcus Allen, uh, Trent Green, all them oh, guys. Please. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh. Dante Hall. Okay, all sure. them guys. You Dante know, Hall. Yeah, I, I looked up to him. He was him. the human joystick, right? He was Dante the human. Hall. I used to th- take them kick returns back. It was crazy. So I, them was the guys I looked up to. And, um, you know, I had a dream at an early age to be able to, you know, see what I wanted to do and uh, make it come true. Right. And so all of this is documented? On- all of it is documented since day one, honestly, uh, since I've been, like I say, four years old, five years old. And um, my older brother, Byron, um, once his career didn't really plan out the way he wanted to go, um, it was on, almost like my dad forcing him to play sports, and he didn't really have the love for it. And, you know, then come a little kid like myself, and, um, you know, I was like, man, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to just play football, play basketball, run track, and it was everything. So to myself, it was like it was a big thing. What's it called? Number 10, Deshaun Jackson, the making of a father's dream. And so Father's Day is the yes, perfect time co- for this to come Coming out. up, yeah, and then my dad passed away back in 09. Yeah, he got to see me play one year in the NFL and uh, you know he had cancer so it was it was a tough situation for our family to go but throughout the whole documentary it goes through uh, me being in you know from Pop Warner to middle school to high school to college you know just the whole decisions I had to make the obstacles I had to go through the doubters you know everybody saying I was too small and at the same time I was almost like a little cocky little you know five-year-old just telling everybody what I was going to do and mm-hmm. you know if the film proves it every step of the way and it, it shows it so uh, it's interesting that you met Vermeil at such a young age yeah. He's, he's, you know, exactly. he's, 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 a big time he's, he's big time there in Philadelphia. Yeah, yes. Where you are, uh, you're, you're, you're part of this this new Philadelphia Eagle. It's sort of, you know, there was the Vermeil years and then not, <laughs> no, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? The Reed years, yeah, the Reed years. right? Yeah. And and you were there at the tail end of the Reed years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks are wondering what is going on in Philadelphia right now. So I'm going to ask you some questions about that, if that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is going on in Philadelphia <laughs> right now? Well, yeah, we have a we, chip. We have a guy by the name of Chip Kelly. I've heard that in story. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know he's installed a, a crazy offense, what I would call it. Uh, you know, because watching it from Oregon. And uh, me being a Pac-10 guy, going to Cal and actually playing against that offense, uh, you know, and seeing myself in that type of offense, I always was almost jealous. But uh, at the same time, I was happy where I was at. But, um, you know, it's just the offense to myself is at any given time, it's – High tempo. You you never know what's going to come at you. You know, it's almost like a, uh, a Vander Holyfield punch coming from the left and coming from the right and just hitting you every which way. But, uh, you know, he's doing a good job of, uh, you know, just bringing in the offense and everybody's learned it. And not only the offense, I think it's, you know, everything else that comes with it. I mean, nutrition, um, you know, fat and diet. It's everything. He's brought in nutritionist. Everything. Well, <laughs> nutritionist, the heart monitor. No, no offense here. Uh, I, it, was that something that Andy Reid? No, did not have a nutritionist. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we we had some pretty good food and things like that. But I mean, just okay. the level of you know the experts coming in from college and you know Chip Kelly really installing that you know system that he had at Oregon. Right, because people are, 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 and it's interesting that you mentioned that nutrition and all that stuff. It should, ha- from what I'm understanding about what Chip Kelly did at Oregon this makes sense because yeah. you've got to you've got to not only be ready to play this high octane offense on Sundays or exactly. Thursday nights on the network or Monday nights on, on ESPN yeah. you've got to be able to practice this sort of all, thing yeah, are you week. really going through like 90 snaps in a yeah. practice are you really doing that probably like 200 <laughs> are you serious yes yeah, it's, it's up 
September. We know huddle. I mean, every down, I mean, every play. You is know, is that going to work in the NFL? A lot of people are wondering that, that after a yeah. while, veterans are going to say, "Listen, you know, yeah. we're not in Eugene here. Yeah. You know, this isn't a campus. This is an NFL organization, and and veterans are just not going to buy into something mm-hmm. like that where it's so high octane." Before the game, yeah, weeks leading up. Well, honestly, I, I think so far, uh, you know, everybody's buying into the system. Um, you know, talking about it, Chip Kelly kind of felt, well, you know, it's going to be hard to try to get all these grown men or to get all these professional athletes to buy into the system. But uh, you know, last year, four and twelve season was was definitely tough on ourselves. So, I mean, anything to really come in and change this year to help us out, you know, kind of erase that year. And just move forward is the biggest thing. So I think um, at the end of the day, everybody's buying into it. Everybody's, you know, willing to do what he's asking us to do. And, you know, just try it out and see how it goes. Uh, You know, I want to say hopefully everybody believes in the system. And, you know, hopefully it changes the system up for us too as well as us going out there and winning games. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. So as long as we go out there and do that, I think that's the biggest thing. But, I I mean, everybody's all in. And, you know, so far everybody's been putting the hard work in. Um, learn the offense, learn the system, uh, you know, weight room, everything. So, I mean, it's, it's a good thing right so now. So help me out on a couple of things here because, you know, we're out here in Los Angeles, yeah. very far away yeah. from, from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hearing, we're reading stuff that you're having issues with this system. You're saying you're all in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but there are, there are man, reports no, that are different. The reports is not true, true man. I, honestly, I don't know where the reports came from. I, you know, I had to face up to it and answer it because that's what was out there. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not only myself, it's everybody. I mean, Michael Vick, uh, Nick Foles, they're going through a, a position, you know, battling and well, all that. I'm, so. I'm working my way up to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just focusing, I'm just focusing <laughs> no, yeah, but, on but you But myself, right I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it's not only me. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand at the same time. It's, it's everybody. I mean, you know. I was with the threes. I was with the twos. I was with the ones. Did you I have mean, a problem with that when you first saw I mean, that? I, yeah, at first, of course, because I'm like, you know, I've been starting five years in the NFL. It's going on my six years. So, of course, I had a problem with it. But at the same time, I just had to understand what it was that he was trying to do. And, you know, that's that's his way of figuring out who's going to really buy in, who's going to, you know, once he does one little thing, who's going to react a different way, who's going to get mad, who's going to pout, who's going to act crazy, you know. So, I mean, that's his way of coming in and installing his system and, you know, seeing who's really going to buy in, who's have a problem with who's gonna go do their own thing so at the at the same time um you know LaShawn McCoy same difference you know he's been moved uh Jason Peters I mean the guys has been starting so I mean we're his guys so at the end of the day he wants to see you know what it is he can do with us and at the end of the day if I mean there's no problem it's no problem but you know the best thing I did was go sit in his office and talk you went to in him. there I did yeah. okay his door's open <laughs> his door is always open. It, he uh, don't close his door, he doesn't close the door. <laughs> he doesn't so you close. knock on the door and you say coach and you guys yeah, sit what's down up? yeah what's up man I just wanted to know what was going on and what do you say you know basically uh you know it was, it was the offense I, I didn't get everything at first because I never had to learn a full offense like Meaning I only was what? learning one position like so I was a not- Z receiver and that's the only thing I had to learn as a Z receiver so now with chip coming in depending on which play is called which way which direction if I'm the Z receiver if it's strong formation then I have to know what the Z receiver is doing if it's the left formation then I need to know what the X receiver is doing so it's not really just I'm the Z and I just need to know what the Z is doing all the time because in the offense it could be uh, Lou or it could be Roy and depending on which way I got to know if I'm the Z or the X so it's different you're gonna be you're gonna be all over the place inside receiver slot receiver backfield I mean it's everywhere so that was a challenge on myself because you know I had to I have five years of knowing the system never had no problems uh 
always knew the offense since day one. So now all of a sudden a new offense comes in and he's asking us to, you know, learn the whole offense. It was a kind of it was a big challenge on myself. But um, you know, now I'm I'm all in. I'm good. The offense, I got it. So I know every position almost. I mean, it's still certain positions like you know slot receivers and things like that. But as far as the X and the Z, I, I'm pretty good. So you know, so you're so basically you have to, from what I'm understanding, you have to know what everybody's doing on the field. Before you just had to worry about what you had to do. Exactly, because the play could be called different ways. Because you might have to do that. Exactly. So, I mean, that was the challenge at first, but like I say, now it's it's not that challenge no more because I got it. I had to study it. I had to figure it out. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, all of it is concept. So if you really know, you know, if it's a certain play called and you know what the front side is and then it's the same play could be called, like say it's, this is one example, like say if it's Clam and then on the other side is Chowder. So Clam is strong to the left because it's the Clam, that's the left, and then sure. Chowder is the right. So, you know, that's just like one of the plays we have in there. So that's really like the system. So. The question is, does the nutritionist approve <laughs> does the nutritionist, of Clam <laughs> Chowder. chowder, I know I mean, that sounds crazy, right. That, that sounds a little fatty. I mean, I gotta say, you know, it does sound. If it's cream based, yeah, but we might, no, might have a problem. Yeah, with we're this. not eating no clam chowder. Okay. Just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page organizationally exactly. here before I, sure. you know, send you back to Philadelphia. So, what is going on with Vic? He he did say essentially like the coach has got to pick somebody here. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, something that yeah, you agree with? What are you, what's going on I, here? I do agree with, especially going into training camp. Um, you know, throughout the whole off season. Um, I can understand, you know, what he was doing as far as, you know, him coming in and he's not favoritism on any players. He doesn't care, you know, who's been the guy, who's been the starters, who's not been the starters. I mean, he, he came in and gave everybody a fair chance. And this off season was uh, big for us because, uh, you know, everybody was there. Majority of the team was there. And, um, you know, it was just a, a way for us to understand, you know, who it is is going to be playing. And I guess at the end of the day, you got to go earn your spot. He's not giving it to anybody. And if you're not going out there, you know, working hard and putting in the time on the field, uh, he doesn't really care about anything. He doesn't play favoritism with any players, regardless of who you are. And, you know, I learned that about him. Like, he doesn't really care who you are. He's going to treat everybody the same way. And, you know, he's going to make people earn it. So right now with the quarterback position, um, you know, they've been battling. Uh, honestly, I, I think they've been going going at it pretty tough. It's, it's kind of head and head. So right now we don't know who the starter is. I know, but uh, uh, it, 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 it opens folks like you up to folks like me to ask you questions like, <laughs> know, who put, would put you tough questions choose? On us, right? you know, I mean, to say, who, who do you want to be your quarterback, Deshaun? Oh, uh, man, I, don't, I, I could care less, honestly, for real, because, uh, you know, Vic does a great job and Foles does a great job. So, at the end of the day, that's man. a good who, answer, Deshaun. I mean, at the end of the day, man, whoever's going to get that ball in the hands where it needs to go, that's that's what all that matters, you know, and I, I'm going with that ball, man. Throw, throw the ball to me. <laughs> so, then, let me ask it this way. How does Vic look in this offense? How does he look Yeah, Vic looks good, honestly. I, I think the offense fits his system perfect. Uh, you know, just the way he's able to dynamic duel, throw, run, and uh, at any given time, he could pull that ball down and, and do what he needs to do. But, you know, he's he's been able to stay in the backfield. He's been able to stay back there and make the throws. He's reading the defenses. He's learning the offense. I mean, he's he's doing a great job. I'm very impressed. And, you know, Nick Foles, he's a smart guy. He's he's doing the same thing. So, it, it, honestly, man, it's, it's neck and neck to me. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to get that starting job. But, but he's, he's got to get out of bounds, though. I mean, the president, <laughs> know, yeah, the president of the that's United the only, States yeah, has told him to get out of That's the only thing that's going to be tough. he got to get down. And I, I don't think he knows how to really slide. He doesn't know how to get down. So that's going to be the tough thing, honestly. Okay. And and um, did, did Vic uh, and LaShawn – 
run it out? Did they oh, run it yeah, out? Yeah, they did. did I, were you I there actually, that day? I was there, but I went into the locker room. They like did it after oh, practice. So what? when I came, when I came in the locker room, they arguing. You know, everybody's animosity is up, and Vic beat them. Everybody Vic said beat him. Vic beat them. Michael Vick. Michael Vick beat the thirty something quarterback. <laughs> beat. beat cut on dime. Yeah, what he thirty two now, thirty one, thirty two? Yeah, he yeah. beat him. He beat him. But beat a twenty what, four, twenty five year old? Yeah. He got him. He did get him. He get him. I mean, he is one of the more freakish athletes I've ever seen yeah, in is, any man. sport. He Hoops definitely any is. sport that you, you you can name and what he's obviously been been through is is second to, you know, none in in this league. How how are you different? How are you a different person now? You and I are sitting here mm-hmm. getting ready for the 2013 season. You got the contract that you've been after for a while. Yeah. Seeing so many players who hadn't been there as long as you get theirs. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. But when you were going through all that, a lot of people were saying, well, Deshaun Jackson is putting himself first as opposed to team. How are you now as you're sitting here just a different person having gone through all that stuff? Honestly, I think I've matured a lot um, through the process. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a tough process to go through. Uh, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I I look back at it now and you know probably wish I could have done little things different. But uh, you know, I wouldn't regret anything. At the end of the day, uh, it made me more of a man. Um, you know, and, and not only that, I, I'm able to be at a comfortable position in my life. Uh, you know, my family, myself, uh, things like that. So. Uh, you know, I think all that stuff is kind of behind me, and, and I'm just moving forward. I want to, you know, have a big year this year of my team. I think, you know, this year is a, a big year for us, especially with the way um, Chip Kelly came in here and installed that offense in us. Um, I don't really think no defense is going to be prepared. Yeah, They're just, not going to be ready for that. Cause you don't the, think so? Because, I the mean, end people of the day, are going to be gotta, getting tapes in this league. The, you know how that works. But it's coming from college, and, and everything, he switched some things up. So it's not exactly the same offense. I mean, they will be able to look at, you know, some college things like that if, tape from Oregon but as far as you know having tape on the Philadelphia Eagles nobody has tapes on the Philadelphia Eagles so I mean it's going to be like everything coming at them is brand new and that defense I don't think nobody's going to be in shape like us and our defense honestly they're in shape because they have to you know guard us we're not no huddle never and you know it's sometimes we caught one play and we going right back so fast like it's a tempo package so it's like Honestly, I think it's going to be sky's the limit for us, man. So, is he using like in college the the uh, the, yeah. the boards no, with actually, the faces and stuff like that? The defense or? is using that, but actually, like our for the offense, our uh, signals is like almost like if you're playing baseball and you're looking at the third baseman coach, like he's like patting you. If you got to know all these like signals. hit and run, steal, exactly. who knows? Steal. <laughs> that's, so that's how it's being relayed to exactly. to Michael and it, and to the rest Michael, of you. No, Michael's getting it through his headset, headsets, but and to the, you, yeah, the players. I mean, everybody else, the linemen, receivers, running backs. Like we have to read these signals and if we don't know the signals it's toodaloo now i told this to the coach and maybe you can help me with this mm-hmm. you know when he was in oregon with those signs yeah. you know with the faces and all that stuff <laughs> he was using college football television sportscaster yeah, slash personalities like <laughs> well i mean i told him when i saw him yeah. this is the nfl now exactly. okay that stuff is gone yes yeah. you've got to use faces of people involved with nfl television for sure the, uh, this is all about me right now after after i ask how you're a different person i've regressed yeah, as a person okay definitely. i've uh, is my face on any of these <laughs> I think you might see Blackards. you might see Big Rich on there, man. That's what I'm saying. You might see him on there, especially since you know my speed. <laughs> you know what my my quick twitch. We got we got that Rich formation in there too. Yes, man. So that's, yes, that's a big formation. I, for I'm us. about speed. You know you know how this works. <laughs> that's a big package this, right there. I think so. Exactly. I think this is what you know. So 
I'm judging my answer. The answer is no. My face is not on any of uh, these yeah. yet. That's okay. I, no, I got thick skin. I think skin. it is on there. I think it is on there. We haven't Are you been, just saying that? We haven't been using it, but it, we do have a rich formation in there. So a rich I, formation. Yeah, I think you might be the rich formation. I like Your it. Your face might be on there, so I'm going to try to get you on there. Man. <laughs> to me, this is one of the best <laughs> stories of 2013 no one's talking about. No one's really talking about your yeah, team right now. You're like under that. the radar, I like that. and I just want to see what Chip Kelly is going to bring. Yeah. Everybody's been waiting. You know, they've been... They've been Many teams have been throwing bouquets at Eugene, Oregon, for for many an off season, mm-hmm. and and it looked like he wasn't coming. Yeah, right. I thought he wasn't either. Right, and then he does he does come. I thought you were going to get a different Kelly from yeah. from the collegiate ranks for a little bit there from Notre Dame. Notre Dame Instead, yeah. you get Chip, and nobody's talking. And in this division too, right? Mm-hmm. This money division everyone talks about in the yeah. NFC East. It's uh, nobody. Is talking about you guys, and yeah, you that's, I, you know that's the good thing though, because you know we like to be under the radar. And one thing I say is, you know, our team is still the same team. Just be, just because we had a tough year last year doesn't really mean anything. But uh, you know, we still have great players in our team, and I think you know we're one of the best teams in the NFL. So, you know, regardless of you know last year or the past couple years. This year is going to be our year. And you're a better player, you think, for knowing every for, sure. for everything on the field? This, this offense is going to definitely help me out. <laughs> definitely. A little, little Black Mamba is like a little brother to me. Number six for, for <laughs> Oregon, that's like a little brother. So me seeing him and the things he's done in that offense, I'm just, you know, mind-bothering about the, th- the things I'm going to be this able to do. This is good. All right. So where can people find your uh, documentary? It's going to be show? on iDemand. Okay. It's going to come out on, uh, you know, DVDs, uh, I demand. So it'll be able to, you know, watch it on, um, you know, TV. If you got cable TV, you'll be able to go in there and look at it. It'll come out Father's Day. So uh, it's going to be a big thing. I hope everybody checks it out. And, you know, literally it's a it's a documentary from four years old to, you know, recently to now. You mm-hmm. know, every step of the way. So, you know, fathers, little kids, um, anybody that, you know, wants or has a dream that, you know, people are doubting them or telling them they can't do it, you know, just look at that documentary. And, you know, every step of the way. Is on there and it shows the way I had to go through. I had to go through to make it. Excellent. I'm going to see you week three week of the three. season. We're coming in, coming in for a, a little, a little, a little game. No, a little game called Chiefs at Eagles. Oh yeah, Andy Reid's return back to, to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. You think he's going to get some booze? Ah, I don't know. About I don't that. know. What do you think? Do you think? He's, well, I mean, Santa, <laughs> Cla- Santa Claus got booed, as we all yeah, know, famously. Man. There, hey, uh, I get booed at times. So you know, hey. <laughs> You know, if you don't happen. catch a ball or you don't do something right, hey, they're going to boo you. They so let they you know. Yeah, they don't care about any of that. So but that's we'll going to be nuts, don't you think? It's going to be a big game, yes. Definitely. When Reed comes back in? Yeah, man, I, I I hope Reed has a great year. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, I heard he's doing some great things out there in Kansas City. Well, Jamal like Charles that. is talking about that offense the same way you're talking about. I heard, I heard about Coach Reed switched it up, too. I heard he's not doing the exact same offense. I heard he switched it up because Marty Morning with, <laughs> you know, me, when it's different ways. So, I don't know. I, we're going to see what Deshaun, they got. let me tell you. <laughs> something i know you don't talk much fantasy football or whatever but i had uh lashawn mccoy on my team <laughs> oh, last geez. year and yeah. and the number of times he would get the ball once i know and then not off. again yeah it's crazy was know, there man. a rule that he could not touch it twice in a row? <laughs> I don't know. You, was there a rule I think or something? You call up Marty with the Jets. We're Marty. He with the Jets. He's right? with the Jets yeah, now. I think you got to ask him about that. I don't know, man. He's just, just something about them receivers and that quarterback. He's just like throwing the ball <laughs> so deep. <all> the time. <laughs> Good answer. Hey, Deshaun Jackson. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's Deshaun Jackson of the Philadelphia Eagles on the Rich Eisen podcast. That was fun with him talking about all that stuff in philadelphia it's all good he was very candid and uh it seemed like everything's going well well he wants it he wants a quarterback named and it seems like he doesn't really oh, care who BS. it is you know that's not true
Now you know that's not true, but he's not going to say, I don't think he's going to say, hey, uh, I want my guy. Hey, I want Vic. Right. I don't think he's going to say that, you know, because he does, he does have to leave the decision making up to the coach. He is still just a, a worker bee like all of us here. That's right? true. So, um, but I had to ask him that question. And right. I point out, like, the longer Chip Kelly does not name a quarterback, the more times his people will be out there open to the question of who do you want as quarterback, and somebody is going to slip up. I don't, I'm not guaranteeing that, but we've seen it. How many times have we seen that before? Somebody's going to slip up or has the potential to do that. But he's doing it on his own time, and clearly his mindset is – Everybody is on the same footing because you don't know when I'm asking you to play somebody else's position. And how interesting is that? That he basically, I only had to know what I had I to do. I was just going to say, yeah. He only knew his own position last season, and now he's, he's learning multiple. It's an interesting coaching style, isn't it? Because it does, it does, at its core, woven in the DNA of that style, is a bonding method that I know what you have to do because I may be asked to do that and you know what I have to do so you know when something happens what needs to be done better how I can help you I'm not as I'm not playing the most important position on the field because you know what you may be asked to play that too which means I'm not the most important guy on the field there's sort of you understand where I'm going with this yeah. there's sort of this evening out mentality well I think football has proven that each position is its own is equally important. Of course, if it doesn't work, then it blows. And Chip Kelly's back in college. Uh, it's, it really is. That's why it's not. It stands for not for long. But it's. I. I. I really. The Eagles are an underrated story. Going well, into it's, 2013. it's funny. The first time in a few years, nobody's talking about them in the preseason. Normally, they've been getting all kinds of preseason headlines for the things that their players have been saying. Right. Dream team. No doubt. In Dynasty. What that a fixed mess. Last year. What a mess. That's all in the past now. It's uh, moving to the future. Let's uh, finish up strong here. Because with the Game of Thrones finale on Sunday night. Oh, fantastic. Right. And um, for all of you out there who have not seen Game of Thrones and are planning to see it or aren't caught up to season three, what's about to be discussed is full of reveals. Yes. Okay. So... Um, I don't know how long this conversation is going to last. Do us a favor and fast forward to the end and just keep listening for when you don't hear Aaron Rodgers' voice. <laughs> and he's his, one of the most unmistakable voices in the NFL since he's one of the most popular players in the NFL. You Judging by his tweets, he's a big Game of Thrones fan. So I you know, decided to call up the Packers and call up Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, how about you come on and review the finale for me? And he said yes. And I said I refuse to ask a football question. <laughs> let's see if you can, let's see if you can stick I, to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. So let's get to it. He is a uh, Super Bowl MVP and an MVP of the league, and the uh, starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, who just happens to be perhaps the biggest Game of Thrones fans around. Um, so he is Aaron Rodgers joining me now on the podcast to talk about the uh, season three finale, the stirring finale of Game of Thrones. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing good, buddy. Where do you stand on this? Did you did you did you like the finale? Did you think the finale was a little bit of anticlimactic action after the red wedding in the previous episode? Where do you stand on this, Aaron? I th well, I think that's kind of how they did last year. There was uh, the second last episode was uh, most of the action, and then the last episode set up what was going to happen in the next season. So 
I wasn't too surprised by it. I love the ending because I'm a huge Khaleesi fan. Who is not? Who with who red mean, blood? Who, not be? who uh, with I red blood? Right. Who with I red blood? I haven't read any of the books, so I'm hoping that she really rises to power here and just dominates. I was a huge King of the North fan, though, so the Red Wedding was really difficult to watch for me and definitely caught me off guard. Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean... First of all, let's hit the Khaleesi, because who, who, whoever has red blood coursing through their veins, how are you not a fan of the mother <laughs> of dragons and everything that she stands for? She's incredible. <laughs> I mean, uh, beautiful. Got the dragons. She's got the dragons. Can speak a bunch of languages. When she, when she was at the, uh, where she picked up the, uh, the Unsullied, yes. uh, when that guy was just absolutely dogging her and calling her all those names, and then she busted out, the language at the end that was that was amazing. Yeah, you knew you knew he was finished when that happened. He yeah, was he was, was totally really done. Now, but, uh, Rob Stark. Now, the issue with Rob is he seems like he's got you know he's got a lot of he had a, or he had a, it's difficult for me to talk about him in the past tense. Had a lot of Ned in him, a lot of his dad in him, where honor took a certain a perch in his life where he needed to be more red blooded. And was just real, a real dumbass in the last few weeks of the show and paid a price for it. Where, where do you stand on that? Well, I was a big Ned Stark fan, and they both got killed trying to do the right thing. <laughs> right. Uh, this show glorifies the Lannister, Lannisters to, yep. you know, a bit, and they're the most ruthless you know, killers out there. Um, that's why I'm hoping that Khaleesi sails across the sea and just wipes them all out. <laughs> Joffrey first, yes. Tywin second, and uh, maybe let uh, let the little guy live. Yeah, let Tyrion like live. I mean, Tywin to me has become he. You know, I, I love Khaleesi as I, I've, I've obviously you know I've pledged allegiance to her. I would I would fight battles for her. Okay. Did you get a little worried with her walking into the crowd like that? Well, though? no. I think she was fine. Everyone, they were chanting a name, and I thought that you know that, that there's no way they're going to end the season with her being off. There was just no way. I would, I would have. But for a second, though, right? I mean, Doron was a little bit. He was a little concerned. I was kind of with him on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not digging this new guy. This new Clay Matthews look. Like <laughs> not digging him too much. I mean, she she deserves to be with Joran. Now, but to me, I'm I'm thinking that there's going to be a part in time where she might throw her old guard overboard and go be- with the new guy. Yeah, because she's into him. I think she's into him a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. And he's way into her. <laughs> I mean, chopped I mean, off I his buddy's heads. Him, but yeah, I think she should. I, I think she should. Uh, she should maybe go with the uh, the leader of of the Unsullied. I mean, those guys are. Who's going to beat those guys? Nobody. They, they, well, let's play, let's put it this way: they can take a punch. Yeah, those guys, they can certainly take a punch. You get a nipple cut off. Yes, they can. If they're not, if they're not looking out, you got to have your head on a swivel when you're when you're the unsullied. So you were talking about Taiwan. Yes, Taiwan I, Master. I he's think almost likable, a little bit. He's my favorite he's character. Become more likable. Agree or disagree? I, I love every word that comes out of his mouth. What the, in in the season? The, my favorite scene in the season finale was when he called the little council. Yeah. And Joffrey is sadistically gleeful over the news that Rob Stark and the Starks have been wiped out. And he says he's going to serve Rob's head on a plate 
to his sister, who's now Tyrion's new wife, because Tywin forced them to marry. And all sorts of holy heck broke loose at that table. And then Tywin basically says to his... I, I, is, he, is he really his grandson, even though his two of his kids made him? It's just really crazy. And he's the king. And he says, if you've got to say, I am the king, then you are no king at all. And he basically shut it down and showed his allegiance to the rest of his family. That was so great. I love that guy. He might be my new favorite character. Everything he says and does is so twisted and so well written and so well acted. I love it. That's what I love about him. Yes, he is. He's becoming a little more likable. Definitely. You like him. What's going to happen now with Jamie, one-armed Jamie coming back and his uh, <laughs> sister and lover? What'd you make of that scene? Set to marry a, a guy who, uh, who doesn't like women. What do you think about that look that he gave her? Did, did you think that was creepy or because it, it, I don't know what that look that he gave her when he came back into that room. What'd you make of that, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. I I feel like there's some real connection between him and his uh, and the big blonde. I think so too, right, Brienne? I'm, I'm kind of hoping. I kind of you, you kind of start to like Jamie this season as well. Isn't that incredible? He, he somehow inside there he has a little bit of a heart, and he's been hiding it because of what he was forced to do. Just like every other Lannister dead has been forced to do. He is. It's amazing how quickly these characters that you have hated for so long become likable. And he's he's the leader of that pack from season three. Okay, well let's let's talk about Jon Snow. Okay, or or is his or is his girlfriend says Jon Snow. Snow. Jon Snow. What is he doing running away? (laughs) Oh, you didn't like that. What's he doing running away from the from the girl? That one, I think that was just. They could have taken. They could have definitely taken the bearded, the bearded wilding leader. I mean, without a doubt. They could have taken her, and 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 I th- I was surprised that he did just bolt out, and I think he knocked her away. She was about to start shooting arrows to protect him. He knocked her out of the way, and then rode off without her. I was surprised by that too, Aaron. I was, I was doubly surprised that she. She ended up shooting him three times, though. I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, isn't the, the uh, there's like the imagery that she's like Cupid shooting him with arrows? I didn't get that imagery. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think though they were strategically placed to let him live, but to still hit him? To, I, I'm looking out for Aaron. Here's what I'm thinking because you're. I haven't read the books either, and I purposely have not read the books, because I, I like the way they're telling the story on television, and I like being in a, on that, too. I'm thinking Jon Snow is going to... He's he's going to be... He's going to rule Westeros. That's Ooh. who I'm pegging on it, and not the Khaleesi, even though I'm rooting for her, too. What do you think? Yeah. I like I like Jon Snow a lot. I'm I'm definitely pulling for him. I don't understand what's going on with uh, with the kid from uh, Love Actually and uh, <laughs> and the and the Wog and the young Stark Wog. What are they going to accomplish going north of the Wall? I don't know. It just strikes me as another Stark just banging his head against the wall, and he's going to have it handed to him. I don't know because I guess they're going to they they finally have brought the White Walkers in to Westeros. You know where. Where uh, Baratheon and the uh, the prince with the red princess, what's he called? Melisandre. Yeah, yeah, 
where they're they're going to have to start. I think that they're the ones who are going to have to deal with the White Walkers on the other side of the wall first. That I don't understand either. I'm just wondering who the the uh, the red uh, temptress is going to is going to go after next. Hmm. Well, I like the uh, the hand of the king, who I guess has no hand. Uh, Davos, right? Isn't that who? Isn't that what he is? I like. I'm I'm rooting for him too. Where you know where he uh, he's well, he freed Gendry to get he's, some to get some action from the from the red. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm rooting for that too. I'm rooting yeah. for that too. Beware the leeches. So you you want Joffrey out? I think we all do. I, yeah. I can't believe he survived season three. That's a disappointment. But I have a feeling season four is going to begin with him meeting his maker. I've got that Ooh. sense. I don't know what happened. One one character that was lost the last four or five episodes. What happened to uh, Tyrion's? Bodyguard. That's true. Braun. What did he happen to him? Busy uh, running around. I uh, guess he doing some promiscuous things, <laughs> like which most, he enjoys doing, like most people do. And Littlefinger, he's disappeared too. The guy from The yeah. Wire, who played the uh, the the mayor from The Wire, he's he's disappeared also. What I'm curious is he's in love with Lady Stark, so I wonder if he's going to try to avenge that her death be, at some point. That cannot be good for him. Or he just might uh, pick another. Lady Stark. Where did you watch the Red Wedding? Where do you watch your shows? From your, uh, from your, you're in your house. You get a, do you watch with buddies. What do you do? Yeah, from my house. I, I had uh, a couple events, uh, both, both Sundays. So I had to Tebow them. But I, I took a lot of, a lot of heat yes, you last did. week, um, talking to my followers about King in the North getting killed. But I, I tried to tell them 24 hour rule. You have 24 hours if you're a legit fan to watch the episode. I don't care if you're behind, and until then, it's all you know. It's all fair game. Is that your is that your rule for any television show? I just read about it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't make it up. No, I'm with you. I'm with you too. I'm with you too. And you, and and you know, I, I've been watching on on TiVo also, but that night I got to watch it that night. There's no question about it. Yeah, I got home late that uh, the the second last episode and watched it. So you, you, like most people, were did, were you able to go right to sleep after that? Because I, 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 had, I had definitely had Game of Thrones dreams. Yeah, no doubt. It, it took... was just me and Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like most of us. That's like most of us. So, so she is your favorite character, and then and then you go where? Give me your top five, Aaron. Before I let you go here. No, no order. I got it. I got to go with uh, Jon Snow, Tyrion. Joran, mm-hmm. obviously Khaleesi, she's she's in there. Yeah, and it was the the redheaded girl that Snow was with. Yeah, she definitely fell off, and so I, I'm I'm probably gonna have to put uh, Tywin Lannister. Up yeah, there. he's so good. Those scenes are great. Cersei, you know, she's got to be five A. You know, the queen, she's so, and then she became likable in that scene where she's talking about how Joffrey as a kid was mm-hmm. was adorable. And then I don't know what happened to him. Let's just put it this way. Um, I guess maybe the fact that, you know, there's some incestual blood running through his veins. I mean, this show is unlike anything else I've ever seen, Aaron. There's nothing that comes close to it. Right? I don't know what I'm going to do now. I mean, Newsroom is starting up here pretty soon. Okay. What are we going to do? When When is the next season? Nine months. How long do we have to wait? Nine months. Nine months? Nine months. Wow. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I I tweeted out that it's it's it sounds like it feels like the day after the Super Bowl. 
Aaron. You know, like it, it, the that that uh, it's too long of a wait for the next time. Now you might have a different take since you know you actually, you know, uh, work out in the off season left and right. But it just seems a different. It's 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 a large void that you're going to fill by the newsroom. That's that's your next one on HBO. I, I am a big fan of that show. Yes. What about True Blood? You do True Blood? Mm, no, I've I've never got into that. Yeah, neither have I. Dexter starting back up. Yeah. Dexter. Yeah. Are you a Homeland guy? I haven't got into that either. Okay. All right. Well, you got the newsroom to to take you home there. In Jeopardy. Oh, really? Yep. See, you you Cal Bears, that's you know that's that's next level stuff right there. I'm just getting ready to take on Cheech in Celebrity Jeopardy one of these days. <laughs> I'm sure that can be arranged, Aaron. Um, last question. My my uh, my colleague Chris Brockman, who's here, has uh, put out a blog where he's he's. For Game of Thrones, you have uh, Chris. You have you have. I took about, matched up characters yeah, with actual about NFL 30 figures. Thirty characters and matched them up with their NFL counterparts. Who was Tywin, for instance? So Tywin Lannister, for instance, would be Bill Belichick. Was Belichick? Hold on a minute. Would you agree? Would you agree with that, Aaron? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay, now, but you you could not find one for Aaron. You well, you were, that Aaron, you were the one that I was struggling with the most, and you mentioned Braun earlier, and so I matched you up with Braun. I, what? Yeah, see, that, that, that's the most reaction I got. See, I, I know you said you liked the King of the North. People were th- saying that for you. Who was Rob Stark? I went with Tom Brady with Rob oh, Stark because his wife, Talisa, matched up well with Giselle. Aaron, I mean, if, Aaron, if you were married to Giselle, then maybe Just you'd... give me Joron. Joron? Yep. There, there you go. That's who, that's who, would, you, that's who you would choose? Khaleesi. I mean, what no, else? you get Khaleesi. <laughs> Well, I said I said that Russell Wilson was the mother of dragons, which would make Jorah Pete uh, Carroll. I'm trying to give you some credibility with Aaron here, and you're just you're just shooting Sorry. yourself in the foot left Sorry, and right. Yeah, so you, this is getting bad. I'll make <laughs> I'll make the change, Aaron. I'll make the change. Just oh, for you. Aaron, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for calling in and having some fun here. And it's it's nine long months. Uh, I uh, you know I don't know what I'm going to do either, but. Um, you know, maybe you'll just watch it again because it's one of those things where you watch it once and then you watch it a second time. And you pick up stuff that, you know, it's so dense. It's very difficult to pick up the first time. Yeah, I'm okay with watching the first three seasons again. There you go. Aaron, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks, guys. You got it. That's Aaron Rodgers, Joron. You got that straight, Chris? I got it. Okay. I'll, I'll fix it. Talking Game of Thrones here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Aaron Rodgers, everybody. Aaron Rodgers. Game of Thrones. That's great. It's great when these guys, you realize they're actual big fans of shows, kind of just like we are. I know. You know, just sitting around talking about it. See, you put your stuff out there, Chris, you, you know, and you get to tell him hey, who he is. He, he doesn't like, like it. Like and it. then his favorite character in the whole show, you give it to Brady. You give it to Brady. It's hurtful. Well, Rich, we know Just another I, guy you know you've I, pissed off. Another <laughs> guest of this show. He's well, now He is now in he, the Michael Crabtree column. Aaron, the legend... Of Chris Brockman on this podcast grows. I right think, now, right we're 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 nine shy of a of a of an offensive unit. I only go after the best. Crabtree is the, the is a receiver. He's outside the numbers, right? And Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. So you need to piss off five offensive linemen. Yep. A tight end. We'll go fullback because that's the way you know I'm a Michigan guy. That's the offense I want to run. Okay. You want to run I formation? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there's a running back. Right. And then, what? And no, no, we need another receiver. Another receiver. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have a full that's team. it. Yep. Okay, that's what we got to piss off. Okay, fun show. That was great. That was so, great. So fun. Yeah. You know, 
And um, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm as I said before the interview. There's lots of spoilers, so if you catch up to season three of Game of Thrones, give this one a listen. Um, this was good. Uh, I want to thank um, I want to thank uh, Jonathan Butnick of the uh, Packers for helping out with uh, getting Aaron on on this. And I told I told him I told Jonathan, you tell Aaron, not a football question in the bunch. What am I going to ask? You him? did it. I mean, I could ask him all sorts of stuff about the Packers, well, I guess. Well, when we could have asked what he thought about Tebow, I guess. Oh, please. What do you think about Tebow going to New England? What's he going to say? I mean, that's I the whole thing with Tebow's is that there is sort of no there there right now. Going to get a bill check answer. Well, no. The best thing about it is it's a two-year no money guaranteed. It's the, it's the best contract so, I mean, possible. What, what, is, what is he going to say about Tim Tebow, right? So, at any rate, it was fun. That was good. Uh, I want to thank um, uh, Mike Silver. And uh, Ian Rappaport, I want to thank Deshaun Jackson. I want to thank Chris Law, wherever he is right now. <laughs> um, it was a miracle that we got um, Aaron Rodgers on the show uh, since I asked Chris to forward me the, um, the number for our hotline so I could forward it on. Right. And he was one number off on it. So you gave Aaron Rodgers... The wrong, wrong phone number, number yes. that Chris Law gave and to you. And thanks to Jonathan Butnick calling my cell mm-hmm. saying, hey, we're trying. You know, there are some people who would just be, oh, I tried. Yep. Sorry, Aaron's waiting. Nine out of ten ain't bad, Chris. Well done, Alex. Look, you Thank style. You. Wow. Um, do you have an international shout-out? I do. International shout-out of the week to uh, Chadwico Mendez at Chadwico. He is a love. How does one spell at Chadwico? At C-H-A-D-W-I-K-O. He's okay. a huge Redskins fan in Australia's capital. All right. Down under. All right. Very so, good. So he's probably loving all of our RG3 press conferences. I believe we're going to yeah. have another um, podcast this week. Why not? Let's do, it. Let's do it again. Archie Manning and Jack Harbaugh together. I believe that they're the new DirecTV team that's going to be helping promote uh, the Sunday ticket. We'll find out. Are they going to be dressed up as? Uh, I have no idea. We'll ask them. Or... But they are the, they are essentially the fathers of the NFL right now, right? <laughs> it's quite a combo. One father is, <laughs> has got two Super Bowl MVP children, and the other father has two Super Bowl head coaches that just went against each other. Just in time for Father's Day. So I mean, that's it. In time for Father's Day. What better way to talk Father's Day with the two dads in the NFL? Why not? And then uh, Joe Manganiello. Of True Blood, oh. I mentioned as I mentioned, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not up to speed, as up to speed on True Blood as I am clearly in Game of Thrones. I uh, I watch True Blood, so uh, you'll help me with that. I'll help you out there. Joe Manganiello has been on the show before with wearing a deep V, a deep V neck T shirt, and uh, that was when we were doing television shows every week. We were for the ladies. We will take photographs and send it out. Sure. Certainly, since we've spent uh, a good ten minutes objectifying the mother of dragons <laughs> with the uh, Super Bowl MVP of the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> we need to be fair and balanced, and uh, we'll send out pictures of Joe Manganiello for all the ladies out there who listen to this podcast. And that's coming on Thursday. Excellent. Uh, for uh, Alex, what's your uh, you got a C in there, right? Yep, Alex C. Wilk. Okay, what does yeah. C stand for? Charles. My unfortunate what middle you, name. What, what's the matter with Charles? I don't, it's just I feel like Charles. I should be wearing like a bow tie, bow tie, and like no. big thick glasses. By the way, the, a- the actor who plays Tywin Lannister, his name is Charles. Is that right? Uh, Charles yeah. Dance. Okay, just connecting There's that. that. <laughs> it all <laughs> comes full circle. It also means you're in charge. Yeah, there we go. You like that? Different 
pop culture reference right there. Thank you at Alex C. Wilk. Thank you. For at Chris Brockman. Thank I you, am Rich. at Rich Eisen signing off at the Eisen Podcast. Once again, I want to thank at Rap Sheet, at Mike Silver, at Deshaun Jackson. Ten. What, ten, yes. And at Aaron Rodgers. And at Aaron Rodgers 12 for joining me on this edition of At the Eisen Podcast. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, friends.